Welcome to Breaking the Glass Slipper, a new podcast discussing women in fantasy, science fiction, and horror. Episodes will include discussions of female writers, the genre community at large, female characters and their depictions, interviews with authors and publishers, and more. Before we go any further, you might be wondering who we are. Uh, So I'm Charlotte Bond. I uh, started out writing in horror and sort of did it alongside a day job of being a lawyer. Uh, I'm now taking more of a step towards sort of sideways into dark fantasy and particularly into uh, young adult work. I suppose mine might, my work might be described as grim dark in that sort of area, but it's probably not vicious or gruesome or brutal enough to, to fully warrant that new title. Um, I've had various short stories and novellas published uh, before I stopped to have my little girl. And after 18 months of just being a sole mum, I was going absolutely insane. And so I turned back to writing. Uh, now I'm back. I've got two young adult novels due to be released this year. And I just had a dark fantasy piece published in an anthology called uh, Moonlight is Third. I'm also a reviewer for the Ginger Nuts of Horror website, where I review books and films and interview authors. And I also do some um, books, book reviews for Jane and Bex's book blog. And I'm Megan Lee writer and editor at Popverse, general puppeteer behind Breaking the Glass Slipper, and fiction writer of mostly science fiction and fantasy. Hi all, my name's Lucy Hounsom. I'm a writer and a reader of fantasy, a reviewer for the website Fantasy Faction, and a bookseller for Waterstones. My debut novel, Starborn, is the first book in the World Maker trilogy and was published by Tor in 2015. The sequel, Heartland, is out this June. I love cats, dragons, and the Goblin King. This week's topic is best of lists. Too many best of book lists in any genre feature only a handful of women. It's easy to dismiss this as an example of historical boys club, but there are far more brilliant women who should be making an appearance on these lists. I wanted to cover this topic after fantasy writer Juliet McKenna shared several examples of male-dominated best of lists, which not only inspired today's topic, but also prompted the idea for this entire podcast series. So... Uh, what what are some examples that uh, you know of these lists that you guys have come across? Well, it was quite interesting when you posed this, Megan, because I thought well, I'll go and have a look and type in top ten horror authors. Because in my uh, sort of experience, a lot of horror is written by guys. When you think of the big horror names, you got Dean Koontz, you got Stephen King, and all that kind of jazz. I mean, Sarah Pimber is doing very very well. But what I found was that my experience of horror novels and authors within them did not match what I was seeing out there. So, for example, I went on to uh, the Amazon author rank for top 100 authors, and uh, there were some good ones in the top 10. I was quite impressed, but unfortunately, they kind of had a rather skewed idea of what horror was when it came to women writing them. So, number three, we had Christine Fian, who had naked men on the front of her books and seemed to be into paranormal romance. At number five was Ella Summers, who had urban fantasy sort of style, but again with some romance in it. At number eight was Susan May, which looked quite good. It had some uh, suspense, very suspenseful looking covers, and she stated that she was a fan of Edgar Allan Poe. And then after that, we had Celia Kay, who was another paranormal romance, and Anne Bishop, who, while she did write some horror, seemed to have a mixture of dark fantasy within there. And I kind of looked at those and went, well, they're not exactly really what I would call horror, and that sort of seemed a little bizarre for me. So I went on instead to something called Ranker, and they had out of a top 100, actually I looked at 50 of them, and there was five women in them. And Mary Shelley was at number eight, Anne Rice at number 33, uh, Daphne du Maurier was at number 45. And I just kind of went, well, these aren't really reflective of 
what I would currently feel are the best of women in horror and it was uh, it was quite disappointing really to see who wasn't actually included hmm. and it, well, really who was and who was very historical as well I was wondering I mean, Daphne du Maurier it, I wouldn't have thought she'd be horror really I mean most of the time I, mean, I know she did birds and some of that but most of her stuff that she's really well known for is kind of more thriller rather than horror I would have thought I would absolutely agree, and that seemed to be the same on Amazon. It was a lot of people who weren't horror. It was paranormal romance that had been kind of lumped in when there's some really good horror authors out there who are women, and they're not appearing on any of these top ten lists because they get getting bumped out by the people who are truly classics or people who seem to write paranormal romance or a mixture of things. Yeah, I think it's um, interesting uh, when we're talking about um, genre within genre. Um, I think fantasy is particularly um, relevant. I mean, a lot of a, fan- a lot of dark fantasy gets kind of lumped in with fantasy, um, when actually they're very different things. And also YA, um, I've noticed that when you have a YA best of YA list, women do tend to dominate. Um, but not so much on, uh, you know, the more traditional kind of epic fantasy or high fantasy lists. Um, I just found a couple of examples. Um, to be honest, just a Google search will, you know, best of 2015, most anticipated, best of fantasy all time. Any of those searches will throw up very similar lists uh, with very similar names on and Almost exclusively, all the lists I found, spots one to ten were occupied by men. And quite often, um, they were occupied by uh, the same authors with different series, which I thought was a bit of a shame because it's really not giving um, other, you know, actually even other male writers, you know, a chance to kind of shine. Um, I found uh, one particularly revealing website uh, called Geek Critique, uh, which did a... a list of the 25 most anticipated books of 2015. Um, and I had a scan down that and only two of them were by women. Uh, one of that, one of those women was Robin Hobb. Um, and the other one was uh, uh, V.E. Schwab. Uh, and I thought, well, it can't, I can't be the only person who's noticed this. So I kind of scrolled down and had a look at the comments. And yep, after about 20 or so comments, um, there was a, a lady there who posted that she was quite sad to see only two female names on that list. And why Why is that? Uh, and the, the blog owner replied and said that he was also, um, I assume it's a guy, I should probably check that. Um, but they were also very sad to see that it was all a, a, a pretty much an all male list. Um, and a direct quote from that is, he says it, the list wasn't of uh, wasn't of my own making. Um, I scoured the web in search of the most talked about, blogged about, anticipated sci-fi and fantasy. And these are the books I came up with. And um, I think maybe we've just hit upon um, the crux of the issue there. You know, why are people not talking about um women in genre where is this coming from yeah it's a good question i mean do you think they're deliberately being left off or you know what is it about the industry that allows female writers to be absent from these lists well i guess the question megan is where the bottleneck actually comes in so for example is it that there are loads of really good books let's just take my genre for example are there loads of really good horror books out there written by women that just aren't making the list, aren't being recognised by people? Or is it that there aren't that many horror novels by women being published simply because they're 
they're just not sending them in because they see it as a, a particularly male-dominated genre, or are they sending them in equal amounts and it's just that the agents and the publishers are saying, no, actually, I'm, I'm not very interested, either in a women writer or in what women are actually writing for horror. It's an interesting point where the bottleneck would actually be. And just going back to what Lucy said earlier about the two women on her fantasy list that she found, interesting, isn't it, that there's Robin Hobb, which we discussed previously, was a sort of... It could be a boy's name or it could be a girl's name, the way it's written. Mm. And who was the other one you said, Lucy? Uh, V.E. Schwab. I think it's Victoria. Again, but you don't know that when you first pick it up, do you? So no. the two women that made the top list were two that could quite easily have been mistaken for men if you didn't know about it. Yes. Mm, so the trend is continuing. Um, you know, the, there's this kind of slightly kind of a- asexual <laughs> women are hiding behind their initials. Um, which is a shame, really, in 2016, because um, and and it's such a hot topic on social media. I mean, this was discussed. I mean, over the last 18 months, um, you know, there's there's been a lot of um, light and 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 talk and shed on um, women and women's role in genre. Um, so you'd think that things would possibly be changing, but um, I mean, maybe it's just uh, best of lists are just quite an old fan device. Uh, but it's a shame because actually those lists do matter and you know if, if you if you are looking for a recommendation if you are looking for a new uh, book series to read um you know if you're getting the same names over and over again then there's there's a problem there um and i think that we need to be thinking outside the box we need to be you know reducing the number of stereotypes kind of floating around uh, in in genre yeah absolutely and i mean when you talk about science fiction if you ever sort of look at these lists of what what is considered the best of science fiction you know again you get the same names always coming up what's interesting is uh i saw there was an a best of science fiction 100 top novels done by npr a couple of years ago and then someone else has pointed out that you know why are so many of these books so misogynistic so it's not even that they're you know written by men they're quite just some of them are really quite bad and obviously we we know that this is still happening in science fiction you know men writing the genre have been so incensed by not only women writing but with books that feature women feature homosexuals feature or any kind of minority they dislike it because they think that science fiction should be about spaceships and men you know going off and fighting wars um and it's 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 really sad that this is still a thing. And then, you know, my big one was when I first discovered uh, the SF Masterworks list, which uh, is brilliant because I've discovered a lot of, you know, classic novels that way. But it's a very long list. They've got loads of titles. And, you know, the first woman is at number 16 with Ursula Le Guin. She gets another one at number 44, with the Lab of Heaven, uh, but you know, there's only two women um, in the top fifty. That's just, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I know. I think the BuzzFeed lists are quite similar. I mean, the best fifty-one fantasy books of all time, number one to ten are men, um, and uh, of BuzzFeed best books of 2015. Um, 
this says i think i've got here um they chose 32 books and just under half of those were by women um, so it's still incredibly unequal. I mean, the one of the better uh, lists that I found uh, talking about um, books of last year was uh, put up by uh, Barnes and Noble on their blog, um, and that was quite that was quite interesting because a good half of the books there were women. So it was a total gender parity. I, mean, I thought it was pretty impressive, really, to have men and women featured equally. But when you scroll down to the comments someone chose to complain about that and called all of the books by women third wave feminism and i just thought this is crazy you know the the one list that i find that is actually uh, reflecting you know the the quality of of women writing today is they're complaining i mean everything is and feminism has become this kind of i don't want to open a can of worms but feminism has become a dirty word i mean it, it, instead of people realizing that it's, it means equality they think that you know feminists are all some kind of social justice justice warriors kind of campaigning to you know all about female superiority and it's absolutely not the case so it's sad that you know the one list that i found that was actually showing parity was instantly shot down in flames well it's interesting i wonder if it's just a genre thing because i went on and just had a look at general top 10 lists um more importantly i looked at the recent book awards because obviously uh, i suppose this is more in your area lucy but with fancy it was um francis hardin she recently won the uh, with her book the lie tree yes and i had a look at um if you just excuse me getting a piece of paper uh, I had a look at the Guardian Children's Award and the Costa Book Awards, and it was a really impressive parity across these obviously big national awards. Uh, and I mean, obviously, the one the Guardian Children's one had Francis in there as well. And there were four women and two men in the children's one. And in the Costa, it was two men and three women. So it was, again, Francis appeared in both. That's kind of where I got the link from, you know, seeing what else she'd been involved in. And so I don't know whether, because obviously, Francis's book is sort of dark fantasy anyway I haven't read the other books on on the list it might be interesting to have a look and see exactly what they are and what the women are actually putting forward and what they're being considered for and what the guys are putting forward and being considered for as cost of best book of the year whether it's all literary stuff or whether there's a mixture in there of science fiction and fantasy um, but it's certainly very different to the top 10 genre list that I've been looking at I mean I can't see lists like you know the best of going out of fashion anytime soon and if that's the case, we really do need to look closely at how they're created and who by. And I don't think they should ever be, they should never be drawn up by one person. And that's difficult because you don't really, when you find them on the internet, you just don't know where this person or group of people have got their information from. So, you know, I think it, it almost does have to come back to the publishers and, and how much they are you know, putting women forward. I mean, clearly, as you've just demonstrated with um, Frances Harding, and that's fantastic, um, that, that, you know, not only is she um, a woman writer, she writes for children, and it was great that the, the children's book won the overall award. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, I think maybe in, in genre, we know that genre has always been a bit of a boys club. Um, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of publishers have probably just pandered to that because, you know, they're, they're still, if you look at some statistics, um, I've just, I tell I mean, I work, I'm a bookseller, so I kind of see this um, on a, you know, a daily basis when I'm at work. A lot of the, um, a lot of books in SFF um, by 
men do seem to still outsell the books written by women for no real reason. Um, they're the same genre. They deal with the same subjects. They're both grimdark, um, you know, which is seem to be the current fad at the moment. Um, and, and I just don't really get why. And I think that it simply must come down to um, a long-term bias on readers' behalf, but also perhaps on the publisher's behalf as well. And even though they, they say that they're actively looking um, to to take on more female writers, is this being reflected in the marketing and the amount of money and time poured into um, promoting a new writer? Well, it's a very good point, Lucy, and it comes straight back again to the idea of where exactly is the bottleneck? Is it that the publishers are publishing equal amounts, but they're just not being picked up? Or like you said, they're not putting them into marketing? When it comes to top 10 lists, I mean, who is writing them? Is it the publishers putting forward what they think will sell? And if they're looking at the stats and going, actually, men sell better than women, so we'll put a load of men on here and a couple of women in there. Or is it a load of guys who are going out there and, and making uh, top 10 lists based on their own reading preferences, which you know are quite likely to be skewed in the preference of, of males? Or is it based on recommendations and what people say? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I personally don't really look at top 10 lists I tend to go on friend recommendations uh, and that's how I pick my next book to read but like you say I still I still get quite a lot of guys although being friends with quite a few female authors it helps that obviously they uh, they promote their books as well but I certainly don't use the top 10 ones and I'd be very I'd be very hesitant to do so I'd rather go on a, a personal recommendation I would as well but for me <laughs> Uh, I didn't start reading science fiction or fantasy until quite late. So for me, when I really got into it only three or four years ago, which is a little sad, but... And when I finally did discover these great genres, I went, well, where am I going to find out about who I should be reading? And, you know, unfortunately at the time, I didn't have many friends who read in the same genre. So I, I couldn't go off friend recommendations. So that was when I was turning to lists like these, thinking, you know, what, what should I be reading? What, what are the big titles? You know, what are the, the classics? What are the, the current big, um, big books? So, you know, in that sense, it's, they're very, very helpful if you want to get to know a, a new genre. Um, but, you know, I mean, what other ways are there? If, if you don't have friends who read in that genre and you want to know more about that genre, where else could you turn? Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Um, I mean, maybe we need to look at the word the best. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what what is the best? And I mean, sh Do we possibly need to broaden the definition, you know, of best to include styles of fiction that don't sit comfortably inside the stereotype? Um, I mean, a lot of male writers are challenging stereotypes. They are challenging tropes. I mean, tropes aren't all bad. I mean, there's a wonderful um, article written by um, Juliet McKenna up on Kate Elliott's uh, blog, which I read yesterday, which really, it clearly explains the difference between tropes, stereotypes and archetypes. It's very helpful if you're working in fantasy, particularly. Um, but she does say that you do have to be careful. There are um, well-established cliches um, and stereotypes which do end up making your writing feel very flat. And I think maybe, you know, some of these stereotypes are still hanging on in there, um, despite, you know, our best efforts to, you know, to get to broaden the definition, to get people talking, you know, about um 
you know other ways of writing other including other cultures including other um you know talking about uh, relationships um gender you know there's so much interesting stuff being written at the moment um and i and you just don't seem to see it in these incredibly rigid um, best of fantasy lists that that seem to go back um, an awful long way. I mean, are we are we? I mean, I think there are obviously wonderful classics that you know are very important to read. But I mean, are we neglecting um, by producing these you know fifty one best titles of all time? Are we neglecting all the newer writing that's been produced in the last three or four or five years? Well, that's very astute, Lisa, because obviously a lot of what I've been reading has been a load of classic authors, certainly, you know, where the women are concerned. But in horror, you type in top 10, you're getting um, Edgar Allan Poe, um, obviously Stephen King, I suppose. <laughs> He's been writing so long, he almost counts as both current <laughs> and past. Um, but yeah, you're getting all sorts of, of famous names. M.R. James, again, absolutely brilliant. But I kind of feel like he needs to kind of be elbowed aside a little bit just for, you know, some more modern writers. I mean, you've got people like Adam Neville and, and Tim Lebon and all these people who really deserve to be on there. But again, they're all being pushed out of the way, both male and female, by the uh, classics. Mm. Um, it, it is a shame. I mean, I, I, I would never... <laughs> I'm never one to knock the classics. Um, obviously, Lord of the Rings is one of my favourite books of all time, and that is definitely would be it would definitely class as a classic fantasy. Um, but even and this is a terrible thing to say, Robin Hobb, who I love, I love so much. Um, it, it's almost like <laughs> she and and other writers like Ursula Le Guin. When you're when when someone's writing a list and they're looking for token women, oh, let's put those two in because you know everybody knows that they're commonly considered really excellent fantasy writers. It's almost like they're they're being used as an excuse to say, oh look, my list isn't all male. Look, I've done a bit of research and there are these other women. But you know, it's not like um, <laughs> I, I could just I, most of last year I spent reading books new books only by women so they do exist and there's a lot of them out there i just don't see how they or why they're not getting the attention they deserve um when you know a lot of all of the the new books by men seem to be uh, ending up in these best of 2015 lists um so it, i think it is a, a problem that it does still exist um and i think it, we can't really deny it so it's all about um just simply how to approach it and how to kind of tackle it from the well from the ground up yeah well so lucy you were saying that you you read a lot of books by women that current books by women but what about you charlotte do you read do you find yourself reading more books by women or a good mix you know I was thinking about this the other day when I looked at my um, at my bookshelf because I'm going on holiday in a few days and obviously this topic came up as, as well on your uh, best of list. And I was looking and actually I have a remarkable amount of women writers on there. I mean, I've got Sarah Pimbra, I've got Alison Littlewood, I've got VH uh, Leslie. Uh, I mean, I've got loads of guys as well and the guys still outnumber the women, but I kind of look at them and go, yeah, I've got a decent amount in there. I tend to because I've read so much about guys, I'm actually quite in, sorry, as in written by guys, I'm quite interested to read uh, stuff that is written by women almost as a comparison. You go, well, I've read this all my life and I've really enjoyed it. And if I want a good solid one, then I'll maybe go back to a Terry Pratchett or you can't beat a good Stephen King when you really, really want to be chilled. But that's kind of, that's, it's almost, you know what you're getting with the guys. Whereas I think with the girls, sometimes it's a lot more experimental and, and quite different. Um, I read Jen Williams's um, short story that she's put up for free on Kindle. And based on that, I would really like to buy uh, the trilogy that she's got out. 
but interestingly enough, I also read a because uh, Jen Williams, her well, I haven't read it yet. I believe her books are about uh, a young female sort of cell sword that goes around oh, and it, yeah, they are. I love them. <laughs> I've, I'm literally about fifty pages from finishing the last book in the series. Oh no, spoilers! No spoilers. <laughs> I also read Grimdark magazine, and there was I think it was Mike Shevden, but I can't. Don't quote me on that. Who did a short story as well, along the same lines, but with a guy in the traditional kind of sellsword smuggler kind of role. And I thought it'd be really interesting to read those two side by side. And neither one of them sort of really grabbed me initially. I, I was both, ex- I was excited about both of them. And I'm looking forward to reading both of them and seeing how they compare and contrast. So I think I definitely, I never used to read women because I don't think there are a lot of women authors out there. And I think, but you say with the sort of classics and where do you start out in reading fantasy and science fiction and horror you do start out with classics first horror book I ever read was um a Stephen King because that was what was in the library and what we knew but now that I've read more and got a bit more of a background I'm certainly starting to pick up women to see how they are challenging what all the all the male writers have done before whether they're writing the same but slightly different or whether they're going in completely separate directions and it's really fascinating to read as you go on I uh the first sort of fantasy book that I remember really loving was Robin McKinley um, and The Hero and the Crown and then The Blue Sword as well which I, I read much later but I didn't you know get into fantasy until a few years ago when the first book I picked up was uh, well the Earthsea Quadrilogy and so it's interesting because the first two books I really remember loving in these genres were by women and Interestingly, since then, I mean, in in the last year, I'd say the best, my sort of top three books that I read recent, you know, in the recent times were by women. It, it was Joe Walton's Among Others, which, you know, won every award in the sky. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Shirley Jackson, We Have Always Lived in the Castle. And then Kindred by Octavia Butler. So, and actually, that's that's a nice... I've got three there. I've got one that's more fantasy, one sci-fi, and one horror. Excellent. I've covered all of them. But they were... You know your homework. <laughs> but they really... <laughs> that's entirely coincidental. Um, but they've been my favourite books, sort of, in, in the last... That I've read in the last year. And they really, really stood out to me. And I just find it, it amusing because, you know, it's not something that I deliberately do. I've not gone out to seek books specifically by women or you know tried to like the ones by women more but I just happen to really find them interesting I guess you know as you were saying Charlotte that they tend to be a bit more interesting they try different things they're a bit more experimental it's it's like the prog rock of (laughs) genre writing that's um really interesting Megan because um I was thinking actually I was, I was actually observing this um in discussion on um fantasy factions discussion board on Facebook the other day uh, we were talking about um you know uh, women writers male writers and a woman commented and said that she doesn't care um what gender the author of a book is she doesn't um she obviously she doesn't judge the book on whether it's a, a male or, or a female and my my first reaction was yes that's that's good that's what we should all be aiming for but um a part of me kind of thinks it's a bit burying your head in the sand and pretending that there might not be any kind of problems with not paying attention to because i think 
the danger of of being like I'm not I don't care whether it's it's a man or a woman that I'm reading is that you do end up picking a lot of books up by men because of as we've just been discussing um you know they're sat the the marketing, um, the the discussions on the internet is saturated um, by a lot of male literature. So it's very, it's it's a dangerous thing to completely dismiss. I think it's what we should be aiming for in the future to have this. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who wrote the book. It's we should judge the book on the merit of the book. Uh, but I I feel like last year I deliberately I was very careful to to explore deliberately explore the British female fantasy scene so I was I was looking actively for fantasy books by women and I read some fantastic books and I think um looking back um I have to say the books that I read I read because they were recommended by my publisher they were recommended by um other female writers but most of them were not on best of lists almost exclusively they were not um they were not recommended on blogs um they were not recommended on discussion boards um and yet you know that's really what i committed my entire year to reading and and it was i was very rewarded by it and i just think it's a it it's, could be a dangerous road to go down if we completely say oh no we need to be um you know i don't care who the author is uh, because in in an equal world that's would be very laudable but unfortunately i still think in a world where which you know a genre community is still dominated by male writers um, or at least the illusion of being dominated by male writers because the reality isn't actually the case there are just as many women writing as men mm. i think we need to be careful that you know um we aren't ignoring the problem or or kind of pushing it to one side who do you think should should be making an appearance on these lists um i would put jen williams right at the top um she's uh she's talked about more than the other women i have on my list um but not enough in my opinion i think she should really be on you know pretty high up in the top five of best books of recent years personally because i think she's doing something very important in uh, reinventing uh, the sword and sorcery high fantasy genre for the 21st century and she's kind of not afraid to look at some of the uh, the old stereotypes and and the great thing about her writing is that she's not throwing them out she's reinventing them um so i just think that she's got modern characters easily relatable to but who do not um they echo the traditional D kind of setup you know like the mage warrior rogue kind of setup uh but they don't um conform to all of those old ideas of of the fantasy that we were all reading in the 70s and 80s um they're very much uh characters of the 21st century um and i think it, it makes relatable and realistic and it's such an important thing today people that i would put on the top of my list i'm afraid i'm gonna step on lucy's toes here a bit and go for a fantasy author who i think is absolutely fantastic which is naomi novik who's written uprooted uh, i did a review of that on the jane and bex book blog very recently and i pretty much said there's some books that you really wish as a writer that you had written and that has to be top of my list. I cannot find very many flaws with it at all. I think I managed to find two, um, just to give it some Oh, that's more back. than me. I managed to find none. <laughs> it was we, my favourite book of 2015. 
It is fantastic. You have to read the review and, and see whether or not you think you agree with me. And there were very, very minor things. And it was just some stuff that I noted as I was going along. And and sort of crucially, there were also bits at the beginning before I'd really got into it. And then after that, I just kind of had this big gap in my review notes that was just me reading it and just devouring it. And, you know, I think it was absolutely fantastic. But in horror, certainly there's a lot of, of good girls writing at the moment. Um, I mentioned her earlier. Sarah Pimbra is just storming away. She's fantastic, and I expect to see her on some top ten lists soon. Uh, Sam Stone, I think, is is a very good one to read if you kind of like... I hope she won't be offended if I say she's kind of pulpy. I quite liked um, Zombies in New York, which managed to mix horror with sort of a little little sort of seedy edge of erotica. It was, it was really good, and not one you need to... Uh, listen to or read on the way into work on the morning. Um, I noticed that Priya Sharma is also getting, you know, very well known. I remember her right back at the beginning when she was in Dark Tales, just a few stories here and there. But she seems to be a new rising star, and she's on my list of, of things to read as well. Um, and although it, I'm not a big fan, I think that Dawn Kano is becoming um, very well known within the extreme horror market. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but extreme horror seems to have just blossomed recently. And there are lots of people out there kind of it's uh, writing books that have parental, well, not just parental warnings, just general warnings to the human race on the front of, please don't read this book if you're easily offended. And there were loads and loads of blokes. And then suddenly Dawn's come along and obviously she's writing in that genre as well, which is you know quite unusual I think she's getting quite a lot of, of backlash for it because women I could be generalizing here but I think women are generally seen as quite sensitive creatures and certainly some of the horror stuff I've written members of my family have said oh my god we can't believe you're such a nice girl writing all this horrible stuff and I wonder if Dawn gets something similar in that people assume because she's a girl that she's going to be writing you know relatively soft horror but actually she's writing this really extreme stuff that is you know really shocking shocking to some people despite the warnings on the front of the cover and that's all we have time for today we've been talking about the makeup of best of lists and genre fiction and a bit more besides this has been megan lee lucy handsome and charlotte bond we hope you will join us on breaking the glass slipper again for more discussion of women's roles in science fiction and fantasy <laughs>